Pushing Back Chaos with Mel and Mike and Raph. Welcome back to another episode of Pushing Back Chaos with me, Paul Mel McFadden. Thanks for joining us. We always love uh, checking in with you guys and uh, catching up. I'm here with uh, Mike. How are you, mate? How's your week been? What's up, Melon? Uh, week's been great. I'm uh, getting ready to head home to Pennsylvania for Thanksgiving break, taking about a week off. And going to get some family time in. I got some, um, uh, I don't know, admin stuff I got to do with banking, renewed driver's license, you know, all that sexy stuff that comes with life. And, uh, you know, just the basics, but quality time at home. And then um going to go up and spend Thanksgiving uh, with my girlfriend's parents, which will be cool, man, because I've been by myself for the last couple of years around the holidays and just spent with family, which is I'm grateful for. But, you know, it's it's going to be a little different this year and, I, and I'm excited about it. So and uh, also towards the back end, I'm going to see Dr. Tony and um, my buddy John and some other friends and the girlfriend's going to be there and we're going to celebrate my 35th birthday. While I'm up in Pittsburgh, so well talking about talking about Pittsburgh, I just want to give a a quick shout out to Carl Huzar from last week's episode, which was just an it was such a privilege. I felt like no joke. I felt like oh, I got to wind the clock back and have time. He just reminded me so much of Brother Frank, you know, Christian brother in charge of rugby when I was at school. I just felt like I was with the same exactly the same sort of person. And uh, moments like that are very special to see someone who's got that wisdom and has been making a difference for people over such an extended period of time. I mean, 40 plus years in the classroom is just unbelievable. Yeah. I, I just love the platform or opportunity that we kind of have for all of us to kind of like bring in the most meaningful people of our life. And it's not just like some random person, you know, whatever it's like, all the people I think that we have and bring on are our legitimate friends or family and are just all about the positive contribution to making others better. And to be able to like I mean, with, with the exception of Raph. Yeah, you yeah, know. which we'll get into in a second. Maybe. We're we're gonna give him one opportunity to to fucking stand up for himself from last week, but then we'll turn the dogs loose. But we already know that's coming and he's already grinning like an asswipe right now or whatever sitting there in his flannel shirt so anyways uh i had a great week i'm looking forward to another great week coming up for thanksgiving break and everything my birthday but uh now let's have some fun raf how was your week buddy uh malin is supposed to ask me that question not you bert (laughs) (laughs) how are you how are you how are you mate welcome back oh i'm good mate i'm good uh just crushing it um Living the, the dream in San Diego uh, currently. Um, yeah, I, unfortunately, I really do feel bad that I wasn't able to meet, even if it was virtually, um, Mr. Huzar, just because I've heard so much about him. I mean, shit, I've heard about him going on almost two years now, right? It was one of the first episodes in uh, Not Your Average uh, Operator. So to to know that the legend was finally on the, you know, on the podcast, and of course I missed it, but... You know, I know Mike is what trying happened? to make it sound like, uh, like I'm some sort of degenerate, but the truth was my parents were in town. They were in town for a couple of weeks and it literally happened to be the day that we flew or they flew back to California and I had to fly to work. Um, so I was literally in a flight, in a plane at 32,000 feet trying to get to work and my parents were trying to get home. So it wasn't like I was just fucking it away like Mike did about 35 minutes ago by being late. Anyways, oh. I digressed. I'm yeah, good, yeah. mate. I'm I'm good. You look good too, Melon. Okay, so there's his one attempt, which he ultimately failed about. I have the text message that literally said, "I fucked it away. I messed up my Zulu time from the start time." <laughs> so the real reason is because Raf, foreign ar- former, fuck, I just fucked it up. Former Army <laughs> warrant officer. No one is surprised, Mike. Nobody's surprised. <laughs> now pilot couldn't do basic math. Adding and subtracting that he's actually Tom's eight hours eyes. minus Zulu time uh, for Pacific. Uh, what? Time zones for pilots, they really it shouldn't be that hard. I know. But he, I mean, it was it was fine. We were like, 
Raf has just fucked it away. But in any case, let's move on because we have been rejoined by Nick Grossi. Welcome back, mate. How are you? Gentlemen, doing uh, fantastic. I'm just honored that Raf actually flew down here just to see me. So I'm pretty, pretty pumped about that. I meant that was a lot. But yeah, it's been going well, guys. Happy to be back on the show with you guys. It's, it's cool because Raf has actually flown down. And he's, he's together with Nick. So we've got uh, Raf and Nick uh, have gotten together physically, which doesn't happen very often for us here. You know, we're normally bloody all points of the compass. And uh, these two dudes are together, able to get a recording done. And so, uh, Nick, how have you been? What's been going on for you? I've uh, been great. Been great. Been, uh, since we last got on, I've been sticking to the same process and having a great time. Um, just been kicking the personal development stuff in the next year. Um, and I mean, life is good, man. I mean, I, life is good. I'll just keep it simple. Family's healthy. I'm healthy. I'm happy. I'm able to work hard, able to body. So very, very, uh, grateful. So I guess, uh, the topic we've been thinking of sort of stems from that, um, stack the wins, that mentality of getting out after life. Um, certainly a large part of what we all do and what you do as well, Nick, is that physical aspect of really trying to address our our physical health and fitness. And we've been sort of talking offline about some topics around personal development, why it's important, how our environment influences our habits and how to get out of a hole when you're feeling stuck. And so I guess the, the, these are things that we we talk about a lot it can sometimes sound like we're sort of, I don't know, maybe it can sound like we're talking from the top of the ivory tower saying how good things are for us or how well we've done, but that's not that's not the reality. We've All three of us, and I know Nick's the same, have had hard times, and it's trying to talk about those hard times is really what has been the engine that's driven this entire uh, podcast experiment that we've been uh, carrying on now for two and a half years. So it's it's always starting with somewhere hard and trying to get to a better place. That's all. That's you know brought everything good into my life, marriage, family, any success I've had. But there's always been dead spots, and so we've sort of been talking about how we've been able to get traction when we've felt stuck, and how we've been able to start making some progress. So, uh, Raf, were you thinking about uh, an example or two that we could sort of kick off with? Yeah, and I just want to start off with what I'm about to say with something that I was listening. I was actually listening to a podcast on the on my flight into San Diego because um, I didn't physically fly. I was in the, in the back for for that leg, but it was so it was so like visceral when I listened to it that I had to jot it down on a piece of paper and threw it on my phone. Um, and it's it was I was listening to this podcast. It's with Bradley and he had Wes Watson on as a guest. And and I've listened to it and I just just tell Nick I had listened to this thing four times. But every time I, I listen to it, I just keep getting gold out of it. But he said something, and it's not like he he invented this. I mean, I've heard this from like stoic philosophers like uh, Marcus Aurelius, but just the way he said it like really resonated with me. And it's whatever is the hardest thing for you is what is going to give you your biggest validation, right? And everyone has their own unique, whatever that is, their, their unique challenge, uh, whether it's marriage, whether it's professional, whether it's personal, whether it's fitness, whatever it is. And so when we talk about personal development, we're not talking about making the thing that you're already good at amazing. I mean, th yeah, that, that's a goal. But really, we're, personal development is really having the courage to look in the mirror and actually looking at those things that fucking keep you up at night that that you don't like to think about because they're very uncomfortable whatever it is if it's an addiction to pornography to alcohol if you're just a terrible husband a, a terrible father and you know you are you but you're just not telling yourself this because it it, it hurts to say it um that's what personal that's where you really need to apply the energy because doing something that you're already good at it's almost like i don't even want to say it's a waste of time but it's a lost opportunity, right? Because again, we have one shot at this at this thing called life and everyone's eventually gonna fucking come to an expiration date. So why not try to make this the absolute 
best. And the only way you're going to do that is by literally getting and digging into the stuff that makes us the most uncomfortable. So when I think of personal development, I literally think about those things that I completely suck at. And I am very open about this. Am I in a good place in my marriage? Yes. I love my wife. My wife loves me, but we're not a perfect marriage, right? There's a lot. Our communication is lacking. Like most of our fights start off because we just don't know how to communicate or maybe I'm wearing my emotions in my face or I've got a resting bitch face or whatever it is. And I, I just get, I manifest, you know, like a negative vibe or like a low frequency. And, and this is something that I, that's near and dear to my heart for several reasons, right? Because I think marriage is the most, is one of the most sacred institutions, but it's also one of the most basic institutions of humanity, right? You raise a family, you're part of a community, um, you're, you know, by marriage, you're attached to other people that are kind of, even though you're not blood, now they become your aunts and uncles and they become your cousins. And you just, um, the, the point is you, you get integrated and you get like thrown into this web of other people. And together, you're just trying to live this life. You're trying to like celebrate each other and lift each other and help each other in hard times. So marriage and these, and, and, and not just marriage, but for me, marriage, but also relationships, it's the, it's the fundamental, like absolute reality of my existence, right? Like I, I'm not who I am without my family. It's just, it's just, it's just the fucking truth. It's when I look in the mirror, I, I see the hundreds of hundreds of thousands of people that I associate with. And specifically, I would say my marriage is at the top priority of all that, out of all my relationships. And so because of that, um, I've had to reevaluate, like, where am I in my marriage with my wife? And how much, where do I want to be? And I want to be, I want to be a phenomenal husband. I want to be like a husband that my wife can, can absolutely be proud about and be like, dude, my husband is fucking amazing. But I know that she doesn't always feel that way because I'm not always the best husband. So as a matter of fact, on the way, before I got on the, on the flight to come down here, I literally shot her a text and said, Hey, I'm going to do counseling. Like I'm literally going to go do counseling. I'm going to go We've talked about it before, but I said, I, I want to go sit down with somebody and I'm going to just be brutally honest about all my shortcomings and the things that I know that, that I'm, that I'm failing at, because this is something that I want that I want to be amazing at. And I'm telling you right now, like I'm almost shaking, just thinking about it because it is, I'm fucking deathly afraid of it because I'm afraid of what's going to come back at me. Cause I know it's just going to be buckets of shit <laughs> because because I'm flawed, you know, because I'm, I am human and I've made stupid mistakes, but I think they're worth for hopefully the pinnacle that I'll take my wife and my family to. Right. And as a husband and as a friend, and I think I honestly truly believe this. If I'm a better husband, I'm going to be a far better friend to all my other mates and, and my sisters, right? Like not just men, women as well. Like I, I will be, and we've talked about this before with Nick, you know, it's, you, we make life better by giving our best version of ourselves to our society. And that's, you know, with me, the most important thing, the thing that will fix me the most is having the best possible marriage that I know that I can put forth with my wife. And we need some serious repairs in that regard. Sorry, Mike, uh, I, I know you were trying to say something. No, no, you're good, man. Uh, I've, I've definitely been there. I'm no stranger to that. You know, uh, a couple of years ago when I was going through what I went through, um, you know, I, I had the attitude for over a decade that I had the answer that I could figure it out. I knew what the process was and I kept lying to myself. Like, I know what I'm supposed to be doing and where I'm supposed to be going. Truth is I had no idea what I was doing and I was just leaning on my pride, my ego, my success in my professional life and what other people saw and complimented me about. And I was like, Oh, I must be doing shit. Right. But I wasn't doing everything right. And I was shying away because I'd rather hear the positive and just feel good about myself than people being like, hey, I need to be honest with you. Like you're struggling in X, Y, and Z. And I didn't want to hear that, you know, because I was like, man, I'm doing really good. I'm crushing it. I'm having a great time. But it was just like, I don't want to face the negative right now. You know, like, why would I? So I just kind of hit it, you know, and, and I spoke to wearing a mask uh, where I didn't want to face some of those things or shortcomings that I had. And I went to counseling and yeah, it is scary because you think of like, who's this person coming into my relationship in my life that has no idea who I am and what I'm doing. And you're coming across that way because 
as a man, as a, the way I did, it was like, you know, dude, I, I'm the successful guy. This guy has no idea what I've done or dealt with in combat or with war or the military or stress or my family or losing my dad, whatever. And it was so stupid. Like looking back at it, it was just like, why did I let that get in my way? Like these people are trained professionals that are there to offer me help. And when you say trust the process, like that's kind of what we're talking about this this episode is trusting a process for personal development. And then that personal development is going to allow you to see your environment and your surroundings and make better choices about the people and places that you're in to, to ultimately better your life. And when we say trust the process, it's very easy to say that. Yeah, trust the process. Trust the process, man. This sucks. This is great. Trust the process. If there is no true process, you're not on a, on any plan. You're not on any track. There's nothing to hold yourself accountable to that you wake up and kind of fly on the seat of your pants every day being like, trust the process. This is good. I'm doing good. If you're not like etching those marks into the path that you are you know, assigned, like think of if you're on a diet, right? You're on a very specific diet plan for a reason. Everybody's different. Everybody's body's different. Everybody burns calories different, you know, like however you want to measure it. If you're not hitting the marks every single day, you're not doing the process right. And it's the same with a relationship. It's the same with mental health, emotional health, whatever you're trying to improve on. So being scared is okay. And and we talked about being uh, a, a well-rounded man, about being a leader, a mentor, a warrior, and a friend. And, and that portion of it it's working on being uh being a mentor but being a student as well and and saying hey i don't have all the right answers and i need to be the warrior uh not dealing with combat but being courageous and brave enough to step out into that uncomfortable role and admit hey i need help i need counseling i need to do something different because what i'm doing is not hitting the mark and there's nothing wrong with that at all. That's literally the most healthy thing that you can do is to say, I need help. I don't know what I'm doing. And I would just want some trusted advice from someone that literally has their best interest for me as well. And that's like step one is admitting it and then asking for help. I just want to go back to something that you said earlier. Um, that I think is is really important to note. And that's that a lot of us, most of us will seek validation. And actually Nick and I spoke about this a couple of days ago over the phone. We had a really good, I, it was such a good conversation. I pulled over just to, just to talk to my man here. Um, but we were talking about how, you know, most of us look for validation from either other people or just like other things, you know, whether it's a car, whether it's a house, you know, whatever it is. And the reality is, you don't need validation from shit. You don't need validation from anybody. Like, honestly, I the only person you need validation from is yourself. And the only way you're going to re achieve validation is if you do the work. End of story. The only way you're going to wake up every morning or at, really at the end of the day when you validate what you've accomplished that day is if you look back at that day and you stack your wins and you look at all the work you've done, that's when you're like, fuck, man, I'm doing it, Right. Maybe I didn't move the goalpost, you know, the five yards I wanted it. Maybe I just moved three yards, but I did the work. That's where validation comes from. It's not from other people. Who gives a shit what other people think? Like, honestly, I'm saying that out loud to myself because I'm like everybody else, right? I, for the longest time in my life, especially in my 20s, I sought validation from other people. And because of that, I was doing things that I knew I shouldn't have been doing. And right. that's just my own weakness. Mel and I... I'll hand it off to you real quick, but I just want to say what pops in my head when I hear that, Raph, is during the day you go out and do something that's high profile and everybody's like, ooh, and ah, oh, and wow, that's a great person. That's a great man. And you hear that and it inflates you. But then I know we've all done it because everybody does it. Then what do you say in your own head? Like, you're not going to tell this person, well, it's a good thing you don't know what I did last night because you know you were a piece of shit or that you fucked up or did something that wasn't productive, right? And you're just like, well, I'm not going to tell you about that part, but I will take your that a boy, right? And we've all done that. 
So that's what popped in my head. But go, go ahead, Melon. I was going to say that 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 is like a different way of framing the idea of um, self-validation and self-esteem, right? I think there's something very powerful in having the word validation or self-validation, the definition being that you've got respect for yourself that you've earned. Like it's not, it's not due to a title. It's not due to anything external. It's things that you've done that you know you've done. And that if you were to write them out and be like, here's a guy who's done these things, would I respect him? These things that have happened in the world, they're not imaginary. They're not like, you know, great thoughts that haven't required any effort. There's been no rubber meat in the road. Like there's there's a gym workout or there's a phone call to a financial planner or there's a great conversation with a mum. There's, you know, things being done. There's actions in the universe could be observed. And you're like, no, 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 that's like a, that's a solid day. Oh, that's a, per- a person having a day like that is a person I can respect. And if that's you <laughs> that you're thinking that about, that's a fucking great way to think about yourself. And no doubt when your head hits a pillow on the blanket, hits your chin, it's fucking lights out and you- there's no tossing and turning at the end of that day. And I think that that's a really great way to frame it, Ralph. I think it's excellent, Nick. Yeah, to just piggyback off what you guys said. I mean, we build conviction. We build so much so much conviction in ourselves when we do the things we say we're gonna do, but when we um, you know, we show up and do the work. And um when you do that consistently, when you do the hard workout, when you wake up early, when you do the thing that your body's telling you it doesn't want to do, which your mind takes over and does it anyway, and you do it enough and we stack the wins and everything else you want to call it, um, that really just builds the version of yourself that you want. And when you walk into a room, it's it's evident to people in there that you've done the work and you're doing it to validate yourself, but it just it just rids your mind of anxiety and it rids your mind of feeling insecure or comparing yourself to others or feeling, you know, inadequate or whatever the case may be for people, you know, it varies, but you have a lot of conviction in yourself and you you build that every day what by doing the work and by earning it. And I think there's no other way to feel good about oneself. There really isn't. You can't feel like you can't find this in a substance. You can't find this, you know, in a bottle or anywhere. You have to truly, the best high you can get is from accomplishing things. And that's when we show ourselves what we can accomplish. And then through the actions, right, we're acting our way into positive thinking. And it's this, it's this upward spiral of just positivity and success. It's, it's all internal and it just comes out of you. It's crazy. Yeah, there's a clear difference when, you know, you meet two people, you know, one, uh, you know, an example that I always like to use, and it's a good discussion to have, but, you know, you get a hard worker in an industry or a trade, and then you have somebody that went to college, and I'm not down in college or uni or anything like that, but there's sometimes a difference. And I like to ask business owner this, you know, it's like, hey, would you rather have a person who has 20 years experience doing this trade and is very, very good that has sweat for it, got his hands dirty, like done all these extra things? Or do you want the brand new kid coming out of college that got a piece of paper and half of it was spent partying, a quarter of it he he spent some like giving money to somebody else to do his homework for him, but he got this piece of paper, so he's qualified, right? And the outside. So on paper, it looks great. To the external world, college degree versus here's this kid that grew up with nothing and had to work for every cent that he ever earned. Right. Well, when the task comes down of like, hey, this is a heavy task that we're giving you and you hand it off to each person, I guarantee you're going to get completely different results, not based on the outside appearance. Right. But on the work, as Nick saying, the work, the sweat, the, the, the time, the energy that you invested, you can't replace that with some shiny little object or title or anything. It always comes down to that internal work ethic and what you're putting out not what you're buying, not what you're pushing the easy button for to be able to just, you know, put a banner above you and be like, I'm a complete product. I'm the best there is. I'm this, I'm that I'm successful. It's, it's, you can't even calculate it by the outside. Go ahead, Melon. One of the, um, that was all really good stuff there, Mike. I was just thinking about when you stack up and you've got like, you, you know, you've done this stuff over a period of time. We're not talking like a day or a, couple of hours or even even weeks but you you can look back and see that you have you've gotten some reps you know you've built some area under the curve you've, you've got some volume 
of whatever it is, not necessarily fitness, but your willpower has been exerted and you have generated results in the world that were not easy to achieve and you have delivered on things you committed to and you then have a sense that you can trust yourself when you commit to things in the future. There's a sense of like that you can relax and that there's not not such a need to stress about the future because there's someone in the future that you freaking trust, that you know that they've got a reliable CV, like their resume is, you know, available for review and you can see the stuff they've done. And it's not like there's just a litany of broken promises and commitments unfulfilled and, you know, cancels here. And do you know what I mean? Where if you're committing your word to something in the future, you're like, fuck, I don't know if this guy's going to do it. So when you've got that, self-respect that you've earned, you've got that healthy validation that Raf's talking about and you've got a good track record of having done stuff for a while. It can just be something that really does give you like a really solid foundation moving forward in like a whole lot of other areas. It doesn't have to be, as Raf's saying, like you don't just stick uh, reps on the stuff you're good at. You've got to go and find your weak areas. And so the ability to branch out and take on something in an area where you're stuck, that's the difficult thing. But if you've got a bit of a a track record, you've got some momentum behind you where you've you've done this stuff and you've achieved some things. It gives you that ability to be able to, you know, you've got willpower. You've, you've, you've sharpened your saw. You're ready to go on something that maybe is daunting at first. And I think there's something that we need to recognize as well that I think is just as important as kind of what Malin was just saying. And that's that, you know, this world, especially in the social media space, there's a lot of influencers slash motivators slash teachers, that sort of thing. And I'm not saying there isn't use for that because I think there is. There's, there's like a very specific space where I think that that can be useful, especially for somebody who's seeking a skill and they're trying to learn that skill. But I think the most powerful thing that you can do as a person, as an individual, is to actually, you know, once once you get into the habit and the discipline of doing the work of whatever it is that you're trying to do, you know, whether it's like physicality, like someone like Nick, who's hitting the gym and like really just like fucking dialing down his macros and dialing down his strength program and all that stuff. You see him and he doesn't have to tell you what he does. You see this dude, you're like, that motherfucker lifts. Like, you know, that that dude is strong. Like just, but, but the point I'm trying to make is that is the motivation, right? You don't, you don't have to influence people by telling them, Hey, you should do this. Like you just, just do it. And just by doing it, People will be fucking motivated. They're being like, holy shit, bro, what are you doing? Like, what what are you doing to like, you know, be six foot whatever, you know, 10% body fat or whatever, and, you know, squat, whatever it is. Like, the point is, if you just do the things, instead of trying to like get busy teaching or influencing or whatever, like just fucking be that thing that you desire, right? Um, And I think that, because that is a more powerful tool. And I can't remember who said it, but it was somebody that I listened to talking and they said you know the the biggest influence on earth it might have been bedros i think it was the bedros podcast and the empire and i think he was saying like the biggest influence on earth was jesus christ because he didn't preach he just did the things that he preaches you should do and because of that people whether you want to believe in christianity or not or you know religion that's a whole other topic but the point is he just did the things i mean yes we have a bible and it's got scripture and all that stuff but really that man's life is literally about his service. Everything about the Bible, everything about Christianity is literally about his service. It rarely does. I mean, I, I'm sure someone can, you know, you know, show me that I'm wrong, but I'm almost positive that like he didn't go around just preach. He literally just said, you should do this. And, you know, it, but it, but he did it by just showing the exact, he was the ultimate example. And when they said that, I was like, wow, that's pretty powerful. Like that's pretty epic. If you think about it. You know, last night, it's funny you say that. So last night I was at this comedy show out on a date and uh, the, the the comedian was just like ripping into TikTokers and like all this stuff. And one of the top dreams that like a lot of the youth these days want is like, what do you want to be when you grow up? They say, I want to be an influencer, right? And he was making the joke and he's like, about what? 
<laughs> he's like, how many of you are going around TikTok and like doing selfies of like, we're out of toilet paper. They only have three ply. You know, he's like, he's like, you're going to instruct me on how to influence me, how to wipe my ass the right way, you know? And he was like going on all this stuff, but it, it's true. It's everybody wants to uh, offer something, which isn't bad if you're truly offering for the right reasons. But if you don't put in the work, if you if you don't really try to invest in yourself first before other people, you're not one, you're not offering anything. You're not offering a great product. You're not offering great motivation. It's all it's all smoke and mirrors. It's all fake. And people I know like the four of us who have grinded and I know each one of your stories and we're all continuing on it. You could read through that shit like 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 a glass house, you know, Um for me, you know, when I go to the gym and I'm working out, I see some guys in there that are just giant jacked, you know, like monsters. But I don't I, I don't I'm not impressed by that. Like, I'm like, hey, good. Like you're in shape. You have a passion. You're working out. Great. But then you sit there and look at like how they're dressed, how they look at other people. Do they speak to other people or like wh where what's your attitude like? Does this person even have character? Do they have values? Do they give a shit about other people? Or are they just in there being the narcissistic meathead that like, you know, wants to just be, you know, <laughs> berate and hurt other people and intimidate them because they were, you know, whatever their story is. And you see that sometimes. And they're just like, you know, the, the gym assholes that think they're the cock of the walk and walk around instead of being like, hey, I notice you're struggling on your bench. Would you mind if I showed you something to help you out? You know, hey, maybe show you a different technique that helped me out that was offered to me. And you're actively trying to help other people. It's totally different. So like that's kind of my filter now of when I look at things is just like, oh, they might be a really great person, but they're completely out of shape or they're extremely in shape and they're a terrible person. Right. And we can see the balance is off within that. Like you have to be able to invest in all phases of your life to what I call my North star is to try to align myself in every aspect of my life and gain that balance because I don't want to be by myself the rest of my life. I want to be a good partner. I want to be a good father one day. I want to be a good son, a good teammate, a good friend. And I can't do that if I'm just focusing on one thing and playing off the, the accolades from that because I'm lying to myself. Some solid stuff right there, Mike. I was just thinking maybe we could um, share some of the times where we've been stuck in a hole and what we've done to get traction and get moving. So so I thought I'd kick off. One of my holes that I was in was um, back when I was about 21. So I've been in the Australian Army and I'd been attending uni and not really doing much. And I was feeling pretty bad about myself, my prospects, and I was working as a bouncer in a nightclub and going to the gym and fit and healthy and all the rest of it. But I didn't have a career path in front of me and I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know where things were going to go. And the the one thing that I had a lot of passion about, which was, you know, a dream job of becoming a pilot in the Air Force, I totally had all the uh, hope of getting through sucked out of me and had like a whole sense of fear about, well, I'd never be good enough to get in. And I think that when people are stuck in a lot of areas of their life and it's relationship, fitness, career, the fear is worse than the actual doing of the thing. So like literally had nothing to lose, but I wasn't applying to join the Air Force. I wasn't putting my hand up to have a go because I was like making the, the decision in my mind already that I wasn't good enough to get in. And so that stuckness, like that being in the moment and having a thing feeling thwarted about and powerless, it was actually my younger brother who gave me the push and um, booked an appointment for me at the recruiting center in Melbourne to go in there and uh, talk to them. And it was like once the process started, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't dissimilar to the uh, joining the army pipeline I'd gone through. I sort of knew how to do that. And I was now four years older and a bit wiser and, and like I'm not I'm not here saying that it was easy, but you know the actual pipeline itself of being in the process of being an applicant and you know doing all the testing all that sort of stuff was a lot less uh, difficult. And once it started, it was a lot less hard than I'd made it out of my mind. And there's a saying 
you know, the world is run by those who show up. And so it's, it can be intimidating in any area where you look at people and you think those people at the top of the game are just supermen or superwomen. And no one is. Everyone is just a normal person who's had feelings of inadequacy and they've been able to address them and just take some steps forward. And none of the steps on their own are difficult, but it just seems daunting when you're in that position of feeling stuck. And so here I am now, a long time later, like 25 years later, having flown that entire time and still flying every day, flew twice today. And I love it. And it's it's always about just taking a step, I think, like squaring your shoulders, you know, where's the threat? Like an army thing, you know, you've had the ambushes occurred. Squaring your shoulders up and just getting getting moving. Like do not stay where you are. Get off the couch, put the remote down, step away from the donuts and get into action. And and the, the action doesn't have to be big. In the, in, in, in the beginning, it was literally just going in and talking to this person and making an appointment. And so that was that was just a thing that came to me of just like a moment when I was stuck, I was feeling like a loser. I was feeling like there was no uh, prospect in front of me. I didn't feel like I was on a pathway to anything. And it was like a year later, it was totally different. And I was in the middle of the rapids, you know, trying to get my head above water on pilot's course. But does anyone else have any others where they were stuck and how they got out of the hole? No, I, I've always been perfect. I, I've never had anything go wrong. <laughs> I, I'm one. I'm one in a seven billion or eight billion or whatever the hell we're at now. But no, nope, I'm perfectly fine. Yeah. <laughs> How silly does that sound? That sounds so stupid. <laughs> I mean, I've been there as well in my marriage. You know, like, um, like I've got a huge amount of respect for for Raph and Orbs, and we he and I share a lot and. You know, it, it's it's healthy to hear that there are other people out there who have difficulties as well, you know, like rather than everything must be perfect at all times or else I won't talk about it. You know, and, and Ches and I have had like super hard times probably up until a couple of years ago. And it, it no joke, it feels like something like a dam burst and we just like crossed over the turbulent water and we're in this really different place now where... The, the step there of getting past, like just recurring little niggles that came up was we just, you know, I had a conversation when I was really like, you know, I'm really in this now until we die. Like, that's it. You know, like I know one of us is going to go first and the other one's going to get buried next to the first one. And that's that. And we don't have to worry about that anymore. And so therefore all of the issues that come up can be dealt with with that framework of not that I, I'm I'm not here because I'm committed. I'm here because I want to be here and you want to be here too and we're the right people for each other. We're bringing our best and we're really in it until the end. And you go, okay, well, all that, you can take all this other shit off the table. We don't have to worry about it. All we've got to do is worry about whatever the little niggle is of the day. But all of that, yes, I love her. She loves me. We're in it forever is in the background. And that just gives you such a different way of being able to breathe through, you know, issues that come up and your freaking human ego that can kick off and fears and, you know, all those things. And you're just like, yeah, you can let it all go. Let that little software pattern just run, release it. Mike, you're going to jump in. Yeah, I heard a thing, uh, you know, some psychologist, he was talking about, um, you know, living in your fears. And when you really stop and think about it, instead of looking at the at the factual present and actually what's happened or what is currently happening. You're literally trying to base the rest of your life off of things that have never even happened yet. They've they're literally <laughs> they're imagining or imaginative in your mind. It's like making up a story of like, yep, that's how it's going to play out. Or this is, this could happen or that could happen. And he just went on and talked about how destructive that can become if you live your everyday life living in your fears about things that are are not even real like that made me stop and think about a lot of things and be like that's not even real it didn't even happen yet like the possibilities of that happen could be in the millions and i'm literally basing a huge life decision on something that's not even real 
And it really just makes you stop and think of like, man, I need to be more present and pay attention to other things than that, that shit. So listening to that story, man, was really good. Um, it, it definitely motivated me just listening how passionate you are when you're just like, yeah, yeah, we're, we're both going to die one at a time. Somebody's going first. And that's that. And, and it just takes a weight off of you when you can especially hear, you know, like you're like a brother to me, but like a mentor as well. And when I hear you say that, it like takes weight off of me of like, well, shit, if he can do it, I can do it and I'll be fine, you know, and that feels good. Um, I, I know I talk about relationship stuff, so I'll switch it up. Uh, just a real quick hard thing that was for me is is when I grew up, when I was little, uh, I was actually anemic and I was a really like skinny kid. I didn't eat right and um uh, you know, had to have a lot of things like that growing up and deal with. And my confidence level was through the basement. I was extremely shy. I was self-confident about like how I looked, how I felt. I did not like speaking in front of people because I felt that they were judging me about literally everything, how I spoke, my body position, how my body looked like I was a super skinny little kid. I didn't play sports. I was the gray man. And it wasn't really till I got into the military and got into my job and start working my, my way up the, the leadership side of it, that I forced myself to sign up for public speaking classes, for leadership classes, for writing classes, for communication classes. Uh, I've probably done up until this point, I think around 13. I just was making a note on my phone about how many classes I've done to overcome that. And till this day, I'm very comfortable speaking with a crowd i've spoke up to like 700 people i think at the most but i don't feel like i've arrived i listen to myself on this show and i say um a lot and i'm like i gotta knock that shit off i can always improve on something but you know that was a thing that i struggled with for along with self-confidence and being able to speak in front of people because i wanted people to know the real me the message i was trying to get and be very clear without all the fluff and bullshit or just sounding like I'm a caveman coming off, <laughs> you know, like some people think that I am. Uh, so the, quick story, that was just a challenge for me. And, and you know, I forced myself to be uncomfortable and go into classes where they people held me accountable and forced me to get up and speak. So that was mine. How about uh, Nick? You, you want to go next? Sure. Yeah, I think to caveat off what you said, there's a true beauty I'll get closer. Sorry, we can edit this part out. Um, <laughs> there's a true beauty in really hearing yourself speak and then, you know, kind of critiquing yourself and then speaking more clearly and, you know, really formulating your sentences well, articulating well. I know for me, I've always thought I sounded well, but I've said the word like and I'm a lot too, way more. And I'll hear myself and I I say it way, way too much. And I'm just like appalled when I just said that right now. So Got to get that out. Um, but I think my biggest issue in my life has been being consistent. I've always had the gym stuff kind of unlock because um, it made me feel good in the moment. And I've been a pretty confident person, but I've also been insecure and self-conscious at the same time. And I didn't learn until recently was because I didn't have a lot of consistency in other areas. Um, and a current thing I'm really diving into every morning is working on building habits and learning about habits. I'm reading Atomic Habits right now. It's been an amazing book. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> just having that consistency now in my life has helped me walk into a room and feel better about myself. I have meetings every week for my solar company I work with, and I have to do public speaking there and I don't have the nerves I used to have. Um, even though I'm fit and I'm in good shape and I'm not worried about the way I look, I still, I, I didn't realize subconsciously that I wasn't checking boxes in my life consistently. I was showing up for some areas of my life, certain days and falling off and doing that repetitively. And once I stacked the wins, we keep saying that, but there's so much truth in stacking the wins. Um, that's when I really felt better about myself, more convicted in who I was. Um, and that gave me a lot more confidence when I walked into the room and had to speak or had to do my, my door pitch in front of the whole group of people. And um, it blew my mind that some little tweaks like that had such a big impact on how I felt about myself and how I carried myself in front of crowd of people it was really wild one of the one of the really funny bits around that fear we have of judgment by other people and fear of public speaking and stuff is that everyone in the world is a full you know mess inside 
with their own fears, their own self-esteem, their own, and no one really gives a shit about anyone else. Everyone's so caught up in their own shit. They're all in their own head anyway. Like you could, you know, be fucking it away in front of them. Probably they don't care. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't register. They might chuckle for a minute, but it's not a big deal to, to them anyway. And all of us are sort of going through this same experience of being afraid of what everyone else thinks about us. It's it's like, <laughs> you know, the universe is playing a game with us. And when you can get past that and just be like, I'm just, I'm, I'm here as myself speaking to people about stuff that I care about, or you, you're clear with what your mission, your purpose is, and you've been able to undertake some stuff. Like I, I hear Mike and Nick both talking about putting themselves in positions where they, this sounds like it was a, a thing, like I'm going to address it. I'm going to get in this public speaking thing because, you know, I'm not going to rep out on the stuff I'm good at and I'm going to build a new strength. Nick, yeah, I'm well, going to jump in. Yeah. yeah, one more thing too is with my public speaking stuff, you know, we, we all have the tendency to go negative mindsets a lot. And um, when you you give the energy out, you receive, you know, after. Um, and so when you have this mindset of supporting people you're around and wanting to see them do their best um, and uplifting them, then you really don't fear the judgment and the, you know, the criticism as much because that's what you expect to be returned to you. So it almost eliminates that, that, you know, mentality of the fear of what people are going to say negatively because you're wishing so much positivity on people around you. You don't even see negativity coming back to you anymore. And it takes, it's not the snap of your fingers quick, but um, that's helped me too, just as a byproduct of being more positive and more, loving to people and, and truly, even when I'm subconsciously not realizing it, I'm, I'm, I'm doing. And um, that's eradicated a lot of that, that self-doubt or that insecurity or, you know, questioning myself or my ability to do something. I don't fear the repercussions of failure because I'm not wishing that on people that I'm around. Yeah, it's and definitely a thing like when failure hits different when you fail because lack of effort versus failing when you put in all the effort failing hits different because you can literally walk away. And I think last week, Mr. Huzar set it up and he said, you know, I never feel bad about anything because I always try to give it my best effort. And that's all I can do. And if I still fail at it, I can walk away saying I gave my best effort and you, and you know, in your heart, I gave everything I had and I'm still going to walk away with something versus just don't care. And ah, I'm going to fail anyway before you even start. And you walk away with nothing. But also now you have a lack of confidence in yourself because you didn't, you know, you didn't even try. Right. So failure hits different when you put in max effort versus a little bit of effort. Well, it's also the mindset around failure, too. I mean, you can have the negative view of this is happening to me or the positive view of this is happening for me. And I mean that in the sense of when we're presented with challenges and this is happening for me, this is happening for me to level up. Like this is the next level for me. This has to be my next, my next step up. And when you look at it that way, you're not even really worried about the failure because it's not something negative. Failing, failure, it has this, this, this negative attachment to it. We all feel is bad. I failed. But if you have every, every instinct to pull yourself up and continue learning, you know, when I, when I, when my dad taught me how to drive stick shift, I missed so many shifts and it was so funny. I would kill the car. I would miss a shift. I grind the gears. Um, and my dad hopped in the, in the driver's seat in this neighborhood. He was in, he's like, son, let me show you how easy this is. And he just whipped the car around. Like he was just a master pro of driving stick. It was awesome. And it just, it just kind of told me like, I'm going to miss shifts. I'm going to, but this is the journey to the day where I'm as good as the old man. And I can just throw this car around. Like I'm, I'm attached to it, but you know, I'm part of it. And, um, when you realize that that's the mindset you you learn to have with everything, there's going to be a, a, a tough process to this. It's, it's, it's going to be choppy, but that means that I'm I'm improving and I'm learning. And once we get our, our heads wrapped around what the process is supposed to be, that's the that's the expectation. We're expecting failure, then there's no there's no negative correlation with failure. And when when you look at <clears throat> certainly any of the people that I've read you know, life stories, biographies and stuff of people that I really respect and look up to. There is failure that is built in, baked in to the human experience. And what you're saying there, Nick, it's 
like I've heard it phrased as the universe loves me and wants me to have an amazing life. And you only get to have an amazing life when you have amazing challenges. And you're only going to grow into your full potential when you've been put through the furnace. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to reveal your, your true character if you have a life of, you know, luxury and ease. And none of the people who have those lives are people that any of us aspire to be. Like it's, they're not people who have character or principles that motivate and draw us towards them. You know, like you read people who've gone through, gone through suffering and still have some beautiful positivity on the other side of it. And you're like, that's the person I want to hear about. Like how did Nelson Mandela come out of prison with that state of love and grace? Like there's something to that. And it's not the, you know, the kid who's inherited a couple of million dollars and, you know, is blowing it all away. And you're like that. These aren't lives that you think, oh, that would be a life I'd want my son to live. You're like, no, like I want them to have this full experience and part of it is that the challenges are going to come. And it's not like you can choose the one or the other anyway because they're all coming down the pipe for all of us. And it's like, who can you be in the midst of it? And a lot of it's got to do with that. This is, I really like that this is happening for me rather than it's happening to me. Like who are you going to be, who are you going to grow into through this challenge? Who can you manifest, Raph? So I'd like to, before we finish up with our time, because, you know, we, we're definitely past the halfway point. Um, I'd like to at least draw some points from all of us here. And I'd like to kind of build a framework for, like I said earlier, offline. I'd like to, I'd like this episode to be a, kind of a tool for someone who, let's say, has always wanted to do sort of self-development, but just didn't know where to start or didn't know what that person should focus on, right? man or woman, but clearly a lot of our topic, topics are very masculine. Um, but, you know, as a as a young man or a young woman, if you're looking to kind of start the journey of self-development, which I really truly believe every human being should be doing, because I think that's, I mean, as a society, as a, as a planet, we can only win by doing that. And there's a couple of things that I jotted down. And, and if you guys want to expand or build or, you know, knock down some of the shit that I wrote, which I don't blame you, except for you, Mike, I don't care what you say. <laughs> um, so this is, this is, and this is from like just years of thinking about this. This is also from listening to podcasts and just my own life experiences. And this is the four, I, I really just wrote down four that I thought are pretty pertinent. The first one is you have to focus on yourself. You have to love yourself because you can't love anything or anybody if you don't love yourself, that end of story, period. So if you're going into this journey of self-development, you really, really need to spend some time in your own head and really understand why it is that you don't love yourself, right? Um, or why you feel that, you know, embarrassment, shame, whatever it is, whether it's, you know, and I don't want to get dark, but, you know, people have been molested, people have been abused, people have been, and there's all these things that you kind of just stuff away and you don't deal with them and then it just manifests, you know, in your adult life. So you have to get to the crux of this. And that's literally you need to love yourself. Then the next thing I think, and I when I think about this, I think of men, but I also think it's really important for women. Focus on strength, physical strength, emotional strength, um, you know, kick up that that EQ, that EV, because strength is I think, Nick, you just said it. There's beauty and strength. There really is. I mean, you look at a, a gymnast and what they can do with their physique and what they can do with like the moves and the, the human body. Like it's, you'd be an asshole not to appreciate that and be like, holy hell, that dude just did a, you know, double Sukaharo with a twist and he's holding this, you know, whatever he's doing. Like it's, it's phenomenal. It's, it's just something to be, it's something to behold, right? To, to see the human body in its most beautiful form. And it's, and I'm not trying to, fat shame. And I'm not trying to make fun of anybody who's not in shape or is not strong, but I'm telling you, you are, fuck man, you are fucking it. If you are in a bad health, like if you're in bad health, if you're not in, in really good health, um, and you're not only are you doing yourself a disservice, you're doing your family a disservice. If you're a father, you're doing your children a disservice. If you're a mother, you're doing your daughters a disservice. I mean, it, this, this goes down past generations. Uh, and that's just the tip of the iceberg for that. The next one I would say is as soon as you love yourself and you're focusing on strength, find your purpose. Because once you do that, then all the stuff that we talked about, about fear, like, you know, the fear of like what people think of me, fear of I'm going to sound like an asshole, which you probably are because we're all assholes. Uh, if you find a purpose, 
You don't care. You don't give a shit about any of that because you found your purpose. You will go out and you will stand naked with the sign so that you can carry that, that, that purpose that you found forward. And it's true because you don't care. You just, you've literally, you're done giving a fuck. You're just like, this is my purpose. I found it. And that's why people like Elon Musk, Wes Watt, all these dudes, Wes Watson's, they, they found their purpose and they don't give a shit whether it resonates with you or not. Right. Because it, they believe it to their core. And then, and then the last thing I would say is once you've created this person that you admire, gift it to the world, gift it, gift it to your family, gift it to your friends, because it will permeate both professionally and personally. It really will. It, it'll, and again, you don't have to preach and you don't have to influence, just be that person. And people, people will not just admire it. People will, will kind of gravitate towards it. And hopefully they can pick stuff up that you are, are sharing or leaving behind or, you know, putting forward whatever, however you want to phrase that. Um, but I think those four things are really important in the terms of framing self-development, right? Cause it's not just about like being able to like dribble and fucking do, you know, 10,000 layups. Like, you know, that's not self-development. Self-development is literally looking at the shit that's really difficult in life and being like, how can I deconstruct this so that I can be a better husband, a better father, a better friend, a better pilot, you know, for an airliner so that I, I'm always the safest person I can possibly be in a fucking 737 flying in one of the most, you know, challenging environments. I, just, the, you know, Mike's profession. I mean, just this is what this is what self-development is, right? It's not about the other superficial minutia that can come with it. But yeah, by all means, man, if you guys just want to add to that, because I, I want this to be where if somebody's listening to this and like they've always wanted to know where to start. I think that's Raf's version of how to, right? Like this is the four, four first steps that I really think you need to like take seriously before you start moving forward. Well, I'll just finish with my last little piece. You know, my thoughts on this is, you know, kind of how I live my life and personal life or professional, any environment that I want to go into, I want to improve it. I don't care where I go, whether I'm hanging out at a party, whether I'm in my office, whether I'm out in the field, uh, it doesn't matter. Anywhere I want to go, I always just want to improve the environment, improve the culture. And I can't just walk in and start pointing the finger and say, oh, this needs to change. That needs to change this, whatever. It literally starts with me. If I don't come into that environment, bring something positive to offer, uh, be able to listen for change, what I can, what I can be better at and learn how to mold myself into that environment first, I can't improve it. So <laughs> I can't become something without improving myself first. And I can't just click my fingers and say, this environment is going to be better without putting in the work, right? So I, I love influencing culture. I love a fucking winning culture. I don't like people who are okay with losing, right? There's understanding and accepting loss versus just being okay with it. Uh, and it all starts with me. I have to be, you know, I'm the leader right now in my group. I have to lead by example in every aspect. And I hear that shit so much. And then I literally watch people go out and just completely act like they never practice it or heard it in their life. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing, man? Like this says, this is bigger than you. Take some responsibility, get your ass out there, go do the PT, stop being a fat ass on the sideline because you made rank and you're sitting there pointing at everybody saying, you need to put out, you don't know what it means to be in this position, blah, blah, blah. It's just like, literally everything you just said means nothing to the person down there in a push-up position going through pain. They could give a shit what you say to them unless you're down there with them, right? And I try to be that guy without people telling me. Hey, hey, Mike, get in there, dude. Show them how it's done. Hey, get out there, do it the right way. Man, if you're not leading from the front and out there failing in front of your own people or your environment, you're, you're not being a leader. You're not being the person that you want to be. You're, you're being a follower. You're waiting to be told what to do. Uh, and you're not inspiring shit except mediocrity. So this whole conversation is about being uncomfortable. I always say it, be comfortable with being uncomfortable Get out there and face the things, do the the things that are going to bring growth to your life. And it's just going to make your environment, your community uh, and your, you know, overall, your outlook on life that much better. Solid, Mike. That was really good, man.
the thing I wanted to um to add here is probably just I really liked your four points, Raph. I think those are excellent points. Your first one about finding the love for yourself. There's a time for everyone when it can be when you're in a in a leadership position. When you have that you there's a time for you to put away and to deal with issues from your own childhood and to not manifest them and impart them onto your own kids or try to relive them through your own kids. And I see parents fail in these areas with kids. So it's like I was talking there about finding the love and I'm like, find the areas that we all have issues from childhood and do the work to address them. Like get, get in and resolve those issues, get love back into relationships from your childhood with family and and friends and make sure that you're whole as you're moving forward in these other, the next three steps that Raf's talking about. And I think that there's a lot uh, that can be done when you can generate, or you can resolve these issues tr like traumatic stuff from childhood that a lot of us carry. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of power on the other side of that when you, you can do stuff because you choose to, not because you're trying to overcome something or you're trying to make up for something that you had in your past. Nick. <clears throat> yeah, I think Raph definitely hit all the key points exceptionally well. Um, you know, I think to just kind of dive into step one for that person who's brand new to this, the first thing I would recommend someone do is just wake up earlier. Um, you don't have to get up at, at 3 a.m. like I do every day, but get up earlier um, and give yourself time in the morning. That's going to be life changing altogether. It'll force you to go to sleep earlier, you know, and regardless of what time you go to bed. You know, get up at the same time every day and do the hard thing, especially right now. The weather's changing. It's harder to get up early. You know, we're all we're comfortable, right? The blankets feel good. It's early. It's dark. It's colder out. Um, but when you do that first hard thing day in and day out, that's that's one win you're going to stack every day. And um, that's proving yourself you can do it. And there's plenty of times I don't want to get up early. And I still I still struggle with it. But I still I would rather get up early than feel like a failure if I don't do that. Um, so that's the first thing I would say do. And, um, the second thing is read something positive first thing in the morning. You know, um, my routine right now is I wake up very early. Um, I eat my oatmeal and I go to the gym and I get there very early and I read, I read a book, um, and I just read something positive. I get my aim for the day, I get my mind right. Even days I'm just not mentally there reading that book and getting my mind centered, um, really helps me get my aim for the day, helps me get in walk into the gym with more of a focused mindset that early in the morning, I'd rather be asleep and it helps me get the mentality I need to go crush a workout and go be aggressive and go wake up mentally and physically. Um, and after the gym, after I work out, you don't have to work out at four in the morning, but I would definitely work out early in the morning. Um, focus on what you regret from the day before and, and sit with it and think, spend some time and thought, write about it. I like to write about my regrets from the day prior things I, my, my shortcomings, because the strengths are all great, but we're focusing on weakness. So I would strongly urge people listening to focus on what you regret, because your conscience will tell you. Uh, when you look in the mirror, what you regret, do you eat pizza? Did you, did you binge eat? Did you drink too much? Whatever the case may be, focus on your regrets, because your body inside, that voice is telling you what to change. Listen to it. Be open enough to listen to it. And uh, that workout is just incredible. Get that workout in first first thing in the morning. Um, you don't have to kill yourself. You just want to stimulate, not annihilate. You'll get that workout in and you got to act your way into positive thinking. You can't just think your way into being positive and positive action. You have to act your way, hit the floor, do burpees, go for the run, do something that's going to get your mind, get your heart rate elevated, elevate your frequency, elevate your, your state of being. And that will 100% help you start with this personal development process. If I could just add to what Nick just said, um, because I've heard this from several people, but of course, I've also heard it from uh, Wes Watson. Love is a verb. Think about that. Love is a verb. It's not just the words you say. It's the shit that you do. It's literally what you do for yourself and your family and your friends. It is a verb. Boom. I think that's a mic drop from the big T.O.'s. Just slammed it down. Take it. Love is a verb. So there's been a lot in this. I think we uh, have been blessed to have Nick come back on and a, a good bit of focus on exactly what it is we've been talking about. All of us have felt those moments where we've been stuck 
we've 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 known we're not achieving the things that we could achieve or we don't feel that self-love we feel you know we're, we're in a dark place and hopefully hearing from the four of us about areas where we've been able to get traction and get 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 some wins and start moving forward can help you guys too and uh you know the thing about these podcasts is you got to apply it in your own life to change from being a consumer to being someone who's being educated. And so just think about one thing you can take out of this podcast and, you know, tell someone about it, share that with someone else and manifest it yourself and see if you can't just apply that one thing out of this podcast in your own life in the next week. And we'd love to hear how that plays out for you. Uh, as always, you can get emails into us at pushingbackchaos at gmail.com. We've got uh Nick Rossi, you'll see his details in the links. He's big on Insta, smashing the reps out in the gym on those early workouts. And uh, it's been a pleasure to have you in, man. So, uh, yeah, send any stuff you need to us and we'll forward anything on to Nick. And until next week, take care.